Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets USA. Getting ready for the launch of the new NTT IndyCar Series season here. Wanted to make sure that we covered off some of the great content we generated last year among the, I think, 9 or 10 or 11 live shows. One of those being the graduation party we had, the live show at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in Monterey, season finale in September, where we had the amazing rookie class, Chip Ganassi Racing's Felix Rosenquist, Harding Steinbrenner Racing's Colton Herta, Dale Coyne Racing's Santino Ferrucci, and Aero SPM's Marcus Erickson joined us for a small little intimate gathering in the old media center. Not sure how many folks it held, maybe 30 or 40. It was truly a standing room only thing. Sit on the ground, there are a couple of chairs, bring a blanket. It's just a really cool, very nice, comfy setting. And we're going to do more of those this year once I get to start traveling again. But wanted to spend some time with this amazing rookie class. Colton on the pole there at Laguna won the race, his second of the year. Rosenquist would end up earning Rookie of the Year honors. Santino had a rather amazing season. Oh, Colton, by the way, I think he was confirmed the day after the podcast as joining Andretti Autosport. That was posed to him, and he did his best to uh, dodge but not lie. Uh, and then Marcus Erickson, uh, who has now joined Felix at Chip Ganassi Racing. So all kinds of fun here in this tiny little private setting. As we do at all of our live shows, we never get everybody showing up at the same time to hit the stage. And so what I ask my dear, dear guests, and also those uh, in the audience to do, is to boo the living crap out of the person who shows up last. So you'll hear what happens uh, in this instance, which is a lot of fun. And Felix also had to leave a little bit early for a prior engagement. So did our best. Uh, not the longest podcast we've done, but hopefully you will enjoy this as these four drivers move into their sophomore seasons where we have big expectations for them. Last quick little technical note, had a nice recording setup uh, done, put everything in place, individual microphones for all the guests. For whatever reason that's escaping me now, I had to route the recording of my microphone to a separate recorder and forgot to hit record for the first, I don't know, minute or two or a couple minutes of the show. So I've had to do a little bit of uh, audio trickery to dial up the mic on the one that was closest to me to the right. And so pardon that my voice gets normal rather quickly into the recording. But, you know, I always leave myself room for improvement. That's a really nice way of saying yeah, I screwed up. But yeah, so all that stuff aside, let's get going with this amazing rookie crop from 2019, hoping to do a similar thing with the 2020 rookie crop, just as talented, and bring that to you here on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, torontomotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets USA. Thanks for coming out for my next to last live podcast of the year, this little kind of acoustic set in the little room here. Thanks so much for coming out, guys. I'm there, Felix. I wanted to do this kind of rookie, I don't know if graduation is the right way to put it, but we know that 
these three are monsters. They are hopefully going to be monsters for many years, leading this series forward. We're not letting you go, by the way, Marcus, so we're making sure you're in a good seat. But let's start with how your rookie year has gone from your perspective. I know I try and write lots of awesome things about you when you do awesome things, but you never know how the person themselves feels about their season. Start with you. Oh, me? And where'd your beard go? I shaved that. <laughs> oh, I don't I wouldn't go as far as to call it a beard. <laughs> it, it had a bit of a chin strap Abe Lincoln thing going. What you have, sir, is a beard. <laughs> all right, I'll the, own that. There's a big difference. Right. No, the rookie year has been uh, all of it, excitement and everything more than what I had hoped it to be. You know, it's it was a little tough, obviously, coming back and making the transition. And, you know, it's always interesting when your teammate has only won the championship four times and he's almost 20 years older than you and uh, he's very French. So, um, but, you know, I, everything has gone really well this year for us. I've gotten along really well with my team, really well with Sebastian. And he's been, he's turned from a teammate more into a mentor. And, uh, you know, I owe a lot of my success to him in telling me and guiding me throughout the year. And, uh, no, I mean, putting things into perspective after the Rookie of the Year win in uh, the Indianapolis 500 and, you know, having a couple of good finishes therefore after and, you know, really excelling on the ovals, which is something that I definitely did not expect myself to do in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's been uh, very solid, and, you know, it's kind of sad to be coming to an end of the year here, but uh, I'm very much looking forward to the next couple. Someone wants to win the Sophomore of the Year award, I can tell next year already. <laughs> what I've loved about Santino's season most of all is I think for most fans, it's the lack of expectations for that. And that's not speaking critically of you, it's we didn't know what it would be. We know, we've seen Felix, we've seen him here in the States, in Indy Lights, we had a feel for what we might be getting. With you, I don't think folks had a proper idea coming into the season. How do you feel about folks' reaction to you? Because you folks have, you got Dale Jr. who's your greatest fan, right? Sorry, Dale, I'm busy, I gotta, gotta work here, but tell us about the reaction. Did you expect this? No, I mean, I, I kind of just wanted to be myself coming into the year and have a lot of fun and, you know, take every race at it, at its own pace. And it, it's kind of funny to say that, but, you know, you, I wasn't really looking forward to, to much. I wasn't always looking forward to the next one. I was always trying to keep the task at hand. And, um, no, to have that and have the fans come up to me, you know, the coolest thing ever was when I came back to Indy to watch the NASCAR race. And I was walking down Gasoline Alley with Kurt Busch, and people were screaming my name. I was like, <laughs> take that. Look at that. So I, was, I was blown away, you know, and the fan support has been so incredible, and spending time with people has been amazing. And, you know, it's really, uh, it's made me feel really good, and it's helped my, uh, my mental state a lot, you know, having that kind of backing behind me. There's still a lot of work on the mental state, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Our man Frozenquist in the corner here. I gotta admit, man, if you are smelling like champagne on Sunday, having won your first IndyCar race, I won't be surprised in the least. But how do you feel about how this season's gone? Lived up to expectations? Not? Where's your head at? Uh, yeah, both yes and no. Um, I mean, for some reason, as you said right now, uh, people have been expecting great things and, you know, 
even in St. Pete, my first race where I, you know, had a good chance actually winning the race and with finishing fourth with one arm. Uh, you know, people were still like, "Ah, oh, that's what we expected," uh, which put me in a real, you know, yeah, it's kind of hard tricky situation to. because I mean, I know I can be fast, but it's, as you've seen on all the rookies, it's not easy scoring points. I mean, it's easy being fast in practice sessions and maybe qualifying or two but actually scoring points that's what scott dixon and you know bourdais and all these guys are really good at and it, it takes a s- special skill set to do that in in indycar and, and that took some time to to find because even in st pete i remember walking back because I, I was kind of actually kind of disappointed because i felt that everything worked out like i had luck in qualifying getting through to the fast 12 you know everything was sort of the stars were aligned for me to win that race and i still didn't win i was like so what, what do I need to do? It's all downhill from here, son. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what happened. You know, the next couple of rounds, I mean, I, I was still fast, but I couldn't seem to work out how to make the tires last, how to, to finish well, how to have a good strategy. Uh, but now in the end of the season, it, it's really turned around, and I, I feel, you know, confident and comfortable in the car, and I know what to do. And I think that's why the last couple of road courses, we've just been, you know, on a roll. So he's talking about the pressure of being rookie teammate to four-time champ. What's it like being teammate to reigning IndyCar Series champion, five-time champion Scott Dixon? You either hate yourself and love punishment, or or, or like, yeah, right, Mr. Redheaded New Zealand guy, whatever, move over. I don't know, man, you signed up for the not easy IndyCar rookie season, but it seems to be working out. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Scott is always pushing you really hard. And as you say, sometimes it's almost like punishment to yourself to to be around him because, you know, I think what's impressive with him is, for example, right now, he's, the last couple of sessions, he's been slower. But I just know in qualifying, he will just appear out of the blue and be fighting for pole. Uh, it's like he just knows what to do when, when it matters. And... Yeah, sometimes you just think you're done the lap of the year and Scott will come in and it's been two tenths quick and you're like, <laughs> well, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. And it's been good for me. I mean, I haven't had a teammate like that for, for ages and it's really, I feel like I'm getting the most out of myself a lot more now than I did before the season. It's been, it's been awesome. So Marcus, you signed up for probably the hardest rookie of the year. You've got the most loathsome human being in the paddock, James Hinchcliffe, as a teammate. Oh, my God, the guy is just so mean. Tell us about your view on your rookie year. I know we have all expected big things knowing where you're coming from in Formula One. I think, if anything, tell me if this is accurate. Your rookie season has been proof that even if you're coming from Formula One, IndyCar is no joke. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, it was always going to be a you know a tough year for me coming from from European racing and, and Formula One the last five years. Uh, you know everything was new for me this year. All the tracks, uh, yeah, everything has been it's been a new challenge. Uh, also, the cars is is so different to a Formula One car today. You know the the Indy car has gone sort of the opposite way to Formula One with the, the downforce levels and. Today's Formula One cars have extremely high downforce, and, and the car is sort of, you know, stuck to the ground. Whatever you do, it's just stuck to the ground, and it's all about precision and, and you know, 
yeah, small details in the driving, and you jump in an indie car which have like no grip, it's sliding everywhere, you're fighting the wheel constantly. So it's it's been a big sort of change for me, and then sort of changed the way you drive and everything. So it's been taking a bit longer than I would have liked to, to get used to it, but there's been a lot of potential there, a lot of good. Um, good runs maybe the results when i look back at the year i'm a bit disappointed with the sort of end result of it because i feel like especially on sundays i've been very very strong my race craft has been extremely good but it's just been starting a bit too far back to to show that on the on the results but there's been you know good ones like the the podium in detroit was obviously a a big highlight for me and show that you know I can mix it up with the best ones uh, but just need to do it a bit more often uh, for the future. Tell us a little bit Marcus about adjusting to American racing culture and I'll use Alexander Rossi as an example. Obviously an American kid but spent many years in Europe came back here and for his first year maybe two took a little while to take the broom out I mean use a little stiff a little seem to adjust though that okay the European way he was trained in was you say as little as possible to the media that you, all their drivers around you are your fiercest rivals took him a while to understand coming back home that no actually you can be friends but there is a point where you shut things off here and it gets fully professional what have you seen Colton Hurd is here everybody <laughs> I love it. I love it. Whoever shows up last gets booed. That's the rule. But uh, we are glad to have you here. So Marcus was just about to answer a question on, have you adjusted yet to this American style of racing where it's a little more warm and you can have fun? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's for sure it's different, uh, especially coming from Formula One when everything is very, sort of the, the drivers are very, I don't know what, were to use sexy. Like, <laughs> that, that's true. Okay. Everything's uh, sexy to you, yes. Marshall. Yes. Yes. No, but you're you're not obviously interacting as much with the fans, with with uh, other drivers. You're all like on your own schedule, and you know, you are. Yeah, you're not interacting as much with with other people uh, in Formula One. And uh, I think that's been in, been nice here in America. You know, it's a lot more open. The paddock is is really nice and friendly. You have a lot of fans there, and. I think in IndyCar we take care of the fans well as well with the, you know, the autograph sessions and stuff like this, which is, I think it's great. And and also on, on the driver side, uh, I feel like you said that the drivers, you know, we are more friends. Uh, not that you're not friends in Formula One, but you don't get to spend as much time with with other drivers. Uh, I feel like in Formula One, whereas in IndyCar is you hang out more and you do more stuff together and you know creates a different uh, feeling within the series I would say. So Colton we are starting off by asking everyone to talk about their impression of your rookie seasons right I know maybe what we in the media or fans feel but curious from the inside granted you've been freaking rocket uh, especially here but what do you think of when you look back on this rookie season of yours happy unhappy? Uh, yeah I think you gotta be happy with with uh you know, anytime you can get a win in a season, especially in a series like this, super competitive, um, I think you have to be happy. And, and obviously, having the two poles as well. Um, you know, there's definitely points where I wasn't happy with my performance and, and things I did on track. So, um, but you know, it's kind of what a rookie season's about, yeah. and kind of refining that uh, going into the sophomore season is is kind of what you focus on. 
So one of the staples that we do in the Week in IndyCar show is listener questions. So I can keep asking these guys dumb things. I've asked them before, and they'll fall asleep. And if you all have questions, you even have to raise your hand. Blurt it out. I don't. Just, I'm wondering what you guys are Uh, I think for me it would probably be the short oval side of things. Um, I think what I lacked in qualifying was really kind of what, what made my race because um, on some of them it is quite hard to pass, um, especially if you don't have, have the perfect car under you. Uh, so that's something that you really need to work on. Um, and obviously a lot of that comes with a better championship position as you line up for qualifying at a championship points. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, I think probably having a better understanding going into qualifying for the short ovals and, and getting the job done a little better. Anything for you, Santino, that jumps out like, cool, I'm going to bring that into next year. It's going to help me step up a bit. Yeah, I know. Obviously, going throughout the start of the year and stuff, uh, looking at some of the road and street courses, you know, it's tough to just get in and get going, especially as a rookie not knowing them and uh, being able to come back, reflect on what happened last year, what happened with the car, where the car went, the balance, working with your teammate. And, just adapting as a, as a driver you know and you most of these guys that have been here multiple years you know they come out of the gate fast and they stay quick you know and for us it's been a little bit more of a challenge but you know most of us have shown speed right in the end of the weekend and at that point we some of us haven't always qualified as great so I think that's something and you know also one of my biggest things was in the 500 I learned so much about racecraft around the ovals and you know I kind of really wish uh, or I wish I had another reattempt at it this year, but I'm really looking forward to going into that race next year with the knowledge I have now. So. Have you and your race engineer, Michael Cannon, since Indy perfected more of the grass setup? Because apparently your car is freaking awesome. <laughs> Didn't you see it out there the other day? Well, fair, you, Dude, it looks on rails. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Felix, what about you? And if we're talking about veteran engineers, you're working with a guy, Julian Robertson, who's freaking legend among legends very British as well did you guys connect right away this season or he he's very stereotypical race engineer a lot of staring at his shoes not a lot of eye contact a lot of brilliant mind numbers floating throughout his head tell us about what you guys have learned this year together that might pay off next year yeah he's a very typical you know British engineer. He's been he's been over here for like 30 years, so he st still speaks very British, which is funny. Uh, uh, he he's actually the chief engineer for the whole team, yeah. so he works with Scott as well. Uh, but he's my race engineer. Uh, I, I think we you know we're having fun. I think that's the most important thing. You have a personal connection. You can sort of you know get serious when you need to. You can joke around when you need to, and uh, that's just been you know pretty good. Uh, and then w when you spoke about next year, uh, what I'm bringing with me, I think, you know, what I learned this year is like, you have to keep calm. You cannot drive in the car being on edge all the time. You kind of have to take a breath. And like when I came in, I was just locking up tires everywhere and I was sliding. And, uh, and now I feel like I've just, you know, I'm breathing when I'm driving. And that, that's something I'm still working on. And obviously the ovals, that kind of goes with that thing as well. You don't want to be known as the Swedish Paul Tracy. So that's a good adjustment <laughs> right there. Being a Canadian Paul Tracy is a good thing. But 
What about you, Marcus? I, I mean, I know I, I bet you wish you could start your next season on Monday based on what you've learned. What do you think is going to pay off? I think the biggest thing for me, it's been, it's been the tracks. I think the track knowledge going into our second year is going to be huge because, and that's something I didn't really expect to be a big challenge. I always felt like, you know, getting into new tracks has been not taking too, too long. But I think here in America, all the tracks we go to are very technical, very difficult. You know, there is, it's very bumpy. The curves are different from corner to corner, from apex to exits. And it's just very tricky tracks to get used to. And then we go up against guys that have been around for 10 years, 15 years, or even 20 years in this series. So for me, that was a, a, been a big thing that I feel like every weekend on Sunday, when we get to the race, I'm sort of, I have the feel I want on the track, but it's just too late. So I think that's been one of the biggest thing that I feel in a year two used to start on a different level from P1. It's going to be a big, big difference. And then the second one is the tires. I think the fashion tires are quite tricky uh, for me coming from driving with uh, tire warmers for the last five years and, you know, coming to a Firestone, which is quite a stiff compound uh, in general. And, you know, you need to build up the temperature uh, throughout the outlap and everything. So that's been a challenge that I feel like I've learned a lot throughout the year, which will pay off in a year or two as well. One of the things that I've loved most about this rookie season for the four of you, and it hasn't always been this way when we've had a solid rookie crop, is the personalities that have really been allowed to grow and flourish. Colton here, I hope folks have just fallen in love with who he is outside of the race car because he's just being himself. A kid with the best job in the world. I mean, a teenager in IndyCar, being fast all over the place, poles and wins and such. Tell us about that side of you wanting to be professional, of course, and represent Harding Steinbrenner Racing and all these things, but also saying, hey, I don't want to be a robot. I don't want to be the guy saying thank you and I'm here because of sponsor A, B, and C. What's it been like for you trying to balance being real plus being a young pro? I don't know. I don't think it really was a struggle for me. I think I always kind of you know, you need to take it serious when, when it needs to be serious, but um, obviously I like, like to have fun at the track because, like you said, this isn't a normal job. This is, you know, a dream job for, for most people, and we're very lucky to be able to do it. So um, obviously it comes with, with a lot of different factors and, and maybe some stuff that you like to do, some stuff that you don't like to do. So, um, But, no, I think for the most part, you know, whatever you do in life, you kind of have to enjoy it, and, and, you know, you only get to live once, so... Uh, try and live it to the fullest and obviously I don't let the jokes get in the way of my job but I do like to joke around a lot. Do you enjoy the fact that folks know about Taco Tuesdays with your dad with a win, (laughs) with you as a drummer and your band? I mean just things where you say great there might be some indie car drivers where you don't really know much about them. Feels like we know a lot more about him already. No, yeah. Obviously, uh, it's cool to see the tradition live on um, of, of Taco Tuesday. I haven't had tacos in a while, so yeah. um, I need to win this weekend or else it's going to be, what, another five months without yes. tacos? It's going to be a long winter. Um, <laughs> but no, obviously that with the band, too. Um, we tour the West Coast uh, the end of November. We play Phoenix, San Francisco, Sacramento, Fresno. Los Angeles and uh, San Diego. So 
<laughs> we have six dates, um, and we'll release that soon. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's nice. You know, you, you get to do stuff kind of away from the track, but you know, it's hard, it's hard to always be focused on this racing thing, and it's kind of nice to step back. I think they can all agree to, to find a hobby or something that you love to do that that's not involved in racing, so wow. it's not 24/7. See if I find someone to talk to get a ticket for the San Francisco gig. Yeah. Um, we gotta let Felix roll here in just a little bit, or else Chip's gonna sit on him, and we don't want that to happen. <laughs> Boy, not, I'm not one to talk. Let's talk about this for you, Felix. Uh, in the paddock, catching up with you, it's always a blast. You do your best to defend and protect your girlfriend whenever Robin Miller comes around because that, you know, that, that's just a seven-year-old hashtag me too moment at all times. What's it been like for you to try and settle in new opportunity, new country to make your living and work, but also say, cool, let me try and just show more who I am. Have you felt comfortable doing that? I mean, yes and no. I think, you know, when, when you leave your own continent, it means that you're, you know, we're here 100% to do racing, which, you know, what, what Colton spoke about just now, that you're, when you spend a lot of time here, who you are is only a racing driver. You, you don't really have your friends. You don't have your, you know, other hobbies maybe that you can do at home. So I'm kind of jealous of Colton because he... Can sort of, you Do you know, play any instruments? I mean, I we used can... to drum. I used to drum as well, actually, well, back in the day. We're not going to fire the guy out of his own band. A uh, twin drummer set up? That might work. Some bands have it. Yeah. All right. If you need a re re reserve, I'll, I can be the guy in the tour bus just drinking beer. Oh, look at that. Uh, no, I, I think, however, it's been really easy to, you know, people are very nice in America in general. It's very, they're very receptive. Uh, they, you know, they like you who you are you don't have to be anyone taco else bell. taco bell taco bell it's kind America. of a sketchy place i heard oh, that's great <laughs> ask dixon <laughs> you ask dixon now that's the best line we have so far right there yes uh no but it's it's uh, I, I think i'm still settling into it and i think next year the, the my challenge is going to be to try to do more things outside the track because i just feel like i've been focusing on racing too much which is good sometimes but also you you need like you need a band or you need the skateboard or whatever it is you, you want to do to just unload a bit as well we need to let you go brother he brought some hats and some hero cards so maybe on the way out if you want to sign some and just okay. happily give some to felix rosenquist fans boys and girls see you mate you can't leave until you sign every single hero card. <laughs> Sorry. Here's a pen for your brother. Thank you. And that's in the back right there with the Canon camera around his neck. That's someone who helps Felix with his life. Matthias Persson happened to have Matthias here as well, covering IndyCar for the first time from Sweden. So, good man. He also has a blue parking pass. I know how hard those are to get. That's in. <laughs> There's a lot of us here. If a couple you holding down, you're going to have a great paddock parking pass starting Felix. tomorrow. Felix. Felix. Should, we were going to give that. We are going to autograph those and auction them <laughs> off as well. Believe it. Lee's very forgetful. What about you, Marcus? I'm curious to know for you on the just being yourself part. 
I know we touched on this a little bit, but everything here about Formula One is just so regimented and, and controlled. Granted, Anders Krohn has shown me the Schmidt, Aero Schmidt Peterson Motorsports, a.k.a. Spam, um, roster calendar for the weekend, and I think you have to schedule when you go to the bathroom. It's so tight. So, I don't know. Is this feel, how different does this feel for you just kind of being yourself here compared to what you've done before? I think the, the race weekends here in, in IndyCar is more relaxed for sure uh, compared to Formula One, and also, you know, being in America only all the time, it's also making it a bit easier to sort of do other things. I think with Formula One, you're traveling constantly to different places all over the world and makes life a bit difficult. So I like that uh, with being in IndyCar. So yeah, that's been that's been good. And like Felix said, you know, it's, it's been easy here with the American people, are very friendly. Uh, yeah, easy to get to get along, and yeah, I liked it so far. I was just kidding about signing every single one, Phoenix. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, but that's what I love about him, that he's the best. He's just the best. Brother. So on the subject of adjusting to America, Robin Miller has a tradition of taking rookies and foreign drivers coming in for the first time to the Indiana State Fair to get you all to eat things that like if you had a dog that you just wanted to get rid of you'd feed it that kind of food it's yeah. not even meant it's for true. human consumption were you a part of this year's tour i was a part of it yeah oh i still sort of taste the fried uh, so i i, I what ate did everything you... you can eat fried it was not nice oh i mean it was nice maybe the first thing but then after like the next day yeah the next day was not great yeah so miller did this 25 years ago with the great Stefan Johansson. Stefan still tells the story of, I don't know what the hell that is that you fed me. It's still lodged <laughs> in my throat. I taste this every single day. So Santino, we're looking to next year a little bit. I know we still have a race weekend to complete. While I'd love to be breaking news about who's signing where and doing what, yes. give folks an idea. We'll say we're should we tell him? He's replacing Vettel at Ferrari. So congratulations. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough role to fill. Or Antonio Brown on the Patriots. One of the two. I'm not sure who you're replacing. You know, if there was two of me, I could do that. Yes. Yes, you could. But there's only one of me. At least give us an idea how things are going in terms of getting your 2020 affairs in order. Are we losing you to another series? Should we expect to have you back? Yeah, I'll be back. Okay. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be back right in the same colors that I am now. I mean, I don't see any change. I don't think Dale wants any change. And, you know, I want to have the continuity in the team. And, you know, I also like beating up on my, my dad. I Not love that, that I ever do. Seb dad. That's just the best. But, no, I mean, I, I like having him as a teammate because we figured out a really good way to push each other and to push the team. So, and I think that's really important. Oh, trust me. I get the phone calls and hear about the being pushed part. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Colton, uh, I wouldn't expect things to change too drastically for you, but regardless, are we confident we're going to hear some news about your next year's plans sometime soon? I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talks. Um, there is even some articles that 
about contracts that I got that I didn't even know I got. So, did you uh, get the money? That's the important part. <laughs> yeah, but um, there was one story that, that you had. There were, uh, was it ten teams trying to hire you? Yeah, and I'm counting. I'm going. I don't know if there are that many IndyCar no. teams, but okay, <laughs> okay. Um, no, I think everybody will will know pretty soon. Um, uh, really close to to signing with with a team. Um, <laughs> That's all I can say. Roger, he says he'll be over there after the podcast. A team. Yes, yes. Some I think I think you get paid more being in your band than I think you would in an IndyCar. Wouldn't that be awesome? Where your band blows up and like your side gig is IndyCar. You're like, ah, all right, I'll go to Long Beach, whatever. It's that'd the taco be, race. Yes, King. Well, that'd be awesome if like you were like hashtag King Taco because you won so much. But like, that was just you. Instead of spraying champagne, you're just tossing tacos. tacos. Yeah, yeah. We got we got ideas. What about you, Marcus? Uh, again, I know we don't have news to break, but are you confident we will see you back next year? I'm pretty confident I will be on the grid, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know where. Uh, we're speaking, obviously, with uh, with RSPM. Uh, McLaren, Arrow, SPM. Spam. Just say spam. Oh, they'll love it. Yes. Uh, and other teams as well. So I think there is options for sure uh, and interest uh, in the series to, to keep me here. So... Yeah, I'm confident to be here. Uh, I really want to be here because, like we talked about, you know, the rookie year is always going to be a tough one, and you learn so much this first year. So, to not be able to do a year two or and three and four and so on, you know, I think that would be a shame. I really feel like I have a lot to show in, in a year two. So that's what we're working towards. Hopefully, soon we have something done. I'll just say this. So when you just said we have a lot to show, yeah, my first thought came to James Hinchcliffe and the ESP and the body issue. So uh, we'll, me just, too. we'll leave that. Me too. Yeah. I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Marcus. All right. Yes. I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> Believe it or not, they've never offered for me. Um, let's wind things down a little bit. So Colton, tomorrow, some guy who's older and looks like your dad is going to join me uh, in a, the Saturday podcast. The poster that we did was kind of making fun he's flipping me off for uh i did see that yeah, that was a good one yeah the pass is there any knock-on effect of being son of the past do you ever do you get asked about it your dad gets it every oh, day yeah. like that's I, I mean, all the he, questions especially here it's like i don't do an interview without the question of what i think about the past what is it like coming to laguna though knowing that granted Things didn't exactly work out your old man's way in 96, but he certainly fixed that record with yeah. a couple of wins later in the decade. What's it like coming here, getting to race with a place of all IndyCar circuits? I think this is the most Herta-esque, uh, maybe except for Long Beach. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, yeah, he's good at Long Beach, good at qualifying there. Um, but this is the track that he that he really kind of performed and, and was, I think it was like, 2001 was the only time he started off the front row yeah so obviously he was he was on it when he was here um and it's great because actually this track is one of the few tracks that most of the curbs and um the track profiling hasn't really changed since then so it's a track that i can actually use for feedback from him um the grip's just as low this year as it was in 96 yeah. 97 yeah probably yes. yeah um 
but no, for for that instance, it's it's obviously the best track to be non-changed since the '90s because he was he was the best here. Um, but yeah, I think as you said, obviously he was he was really strong here, and and it means a lot to to come here and uh, hopefully uh, do going on the herd a name. I like that. Santino, what does it mean for you to race here, being an East Coast kid, also someone who's raced all throughout Europe at some amazing tracks, West Coast people, this is our spiritual home. What's it like coming here, getting to race an IndyCar? I'm sure if I'm from the Northeast and I don't say this, I'll get yelled at, so East Coast is the Beast Coast. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. Do you see the gun? <laughs> I'm sorry. I made a, I, I just, I, I'm not making a lot of fans. Do you see He's the gauntlet you have to make months. your way through to get out? There's a beating coming here, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really love coming out here. I love coming to the West Coast. I love being, and I drove from uh, Portland all the way down to here last oh, wow. year on Route 1 just because, you know, I like scenery and I like photography. So I had a really fun time doing that and racing. Do you on, have a camera or is this your photograph? No, no, I wheel? actually have a camera. Okay, thank you. I, I know how to shoot. Good, Don't worry. Good. Um, no, it's it's also racing on this track is kind of cool because the last time I was here, I was racing against him, and we had some really good battles back in the good old Skippy days. Skip Barber. Yep, and some really awesome memories. Uh, so it's kind of like a little throwback for both of us in a way. Just the cars aren't red and white and have, you know, a five-speed gearbox and they don't go over 80 miles an hour Seven anymore. Seven horsepower, yeah. Yeah. So it's really fun. Um, but no, this track is just weird. And when I mean weird, I mean this is the first place, like this is after the winter test year. I was really looking forward to racing this track as a driver, not necessarily as a, as a racer, just because it's really satisfying. Like hitting every apex hitting every corner and you know getting that perfect little slide off is just so nice to me at least and you know it literally feels like you're back in a go-kart wow. so I, that's what i like about it what about for you marcus i mean laguna seca internationally is known was this one of the races coming to the season where you said oh this is going to be cool to try out 100 percent. i think you know coming from europe and never raced in America. This was definitely one of the tracks that sort of, you look at the calendar and you're like, yeah, that's gonna be awesome to get to Laguna Seca and, and do, you know, it's, it's world famous. So that was definitely something I looked forward to. And coming here, it, like Santino said, you know, it doesn't disappoint. It's, it's a great track to drive. It has that sort of flow to it. You know, some tracks just have a flow that is just nice for you as a driver. Not many do, do have that. I feel that like Suzuka have it. And I feel this track has it, Brands GP. Wow. Uh, there's a few ones, Spa has it as well, but this is just a track where just driving laps, even if you're completely on your own, it's just a nice feeling. I like it, and a challenge. Let's close on this, and surprise I'm writing about it, but it just stands out as something I want folks to hear and hopefully adjust your viewing opportunities tomorrow. With the low grip of the track surface, with decent power and lower downforce, steering wheels almost never pointed straight. These drivers, it is, Jack Harvey gave me the quote of the day, he called this place Laguna Seca Drift. <laughs> and, but, I mean, the, the footage just has been awesome. And you guys are just doing your job and working, but I mean, the holy cow, I mean, share with folks what it's like having put together really fast laps, which you've been doing, Colton, but also knowing that the back end of the car sometimes is wanting to beach into the corner uh, first. Is that fun? Can you revel in that? 
Uh, it's not fun for me. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> like. I, it, it's a little bit too much at this track. Okay. I think you see. Have you got? Did you guys go off today? Oh, it's not once. Jesus. People are off everywhere, huh? Um, Wherever you would, like, always when you watch on the TV, people are going off, yeah. spinning. It's yeah, you're just sitting in the pits and watching the Jumbotron, and it's just... That grass setup, boom, yes. even though there's no grass, it's now a dirt setup. Like yes. I said, it's coming a really long way. <laughs> his, his Baja Indy car is amazing. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it does, it definitely makes it interesting. And at a track that you wouldn't think passing would be at a premium, it might open that up. Um, obviously, it's going to be like a short oval where your car is more important than the driver almost wow that that a car that lasts for whatever three stop 23 laps 24 laps um over a car that might lap last 18 laps with somebody who's faster um it's not going to matter the car the car is going to really win the race so i think it's going to be really important it seems like guys um on reds and blacks are both having equal hard amount of time uh so i don't really know what tire is preferred but um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, an interesting race, and uh, you know, qualifying is is quite a bit easier. Um, it, the car definitely settles down for for a lap or two, so that you can get a lap in. Um, but once you kind of go on a five lap run, six lap run, and on, it gets gets hard. Yeah. Santino, where should folks go camp out tomorrow or Sunday, corner wise, to watch some of the better? Uh, World of Outlaws moments uh, in an indie car. I don't know. I mean, I could probably open up my phone here and just in the last session alone show you about eight or nine different moments. At one point in the test, my front wing flap was broken, and Mike's like, "Do you have any idea of when that was?" And I was like, "I'll pick your run, sir." I can use <laughs> about four times. I was off the track. So I mean, I think there's a couple of unique places that you're that are going to be really awesome i think turn four just mm. because of the curvature and the speed uh i found myself sideways off sideways through the grass sideways almost down to the bridge <laughs> it's actually pretty smooth although traction was not a positive were people holding up like 9.8 like judges <laughs> judges holding up and rating your I, I was impressed because, you know, I, I like to think that my hand-eye coordination and car control is pretty good because I've always wanted to drive a rally car and drive a drift car. Like, that's, like, one of my goals in life is to do some of that stuff as, like, my hobby. I'm so calling Cannon. No, he was going off for real. He just wanted to see what it was like. <laughs> Maybe. I wouldn't tell him that. Right, I'm not going right, to tell him that. Because right. then I'm going to end up cleaning the car. True. So, and I, that's, a, that's a big task. It's a big car. But no, I, I'd say turn four is always going to be cool. In uh, the corkscrew, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone over the corkscrew and I've almost wanted to say, look, Ma, no hands. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I've, I've been over that corner with one hand on the wheel way more times than I can count. And my thumbs are really starting to hurt. So, and we're only on Friday. So I, it's going to be a long one. You just wave one lap. That'd be kind of cool. Control. I did. Yeah. I did. You did? Yeah. I, I locked up and I went down and I just went, oh, not mine. <laughs> then I caught it. <laughs> so We're trying to keep Marcus here, not get him, run him off. <laughs> Marcus, what about you? I just hit him in the last one. He stopped. I didn't stop. I was gapping, but yeah, he yeah. was coming full, full on, you know, locked up down the insides. I yeah. almost took the inside sausage curve to see how much airtime we could get. <laughs> 
I landed and I went, oh, that hurt. <laughs> just look at the expression on I'm his face. I'm just sorry. You know, yeah, it's, I'm, it's, look. I don't know how he saw me because I didn't know how I saw him. It's good I saw him. Just for my fellow Americans, I'm sorry, man. We love you. Uh, let's close with you, Marcus. So tell us about an event like this where, again, so far we've seen, man, if, if you're not a fan of car control, you're not going fast. Are you able to enjoy that a little bit? I know Colton's saying maybe it's a little too much for him, but are you enjoying this at all? Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's so much fun, and you know these these cars that we have here in IndyCar is it's probably the most difficult car I've ever driven in my career because it's so much going on all the time. And you constantly have to fight the car, and even on like a good lap where you sort of feel like yeah, I got a good lap in, it's still like it's opposite lock and understeering and oversteering everywhere pretty much anyway and it's a constant fight and it's really difficult so uh, that makes it I think a lot of fun because it makes it such a challenging car to drive and to go fast you know and for me that's yeah it brings a lot I really like it and that's why I want to be here again next year. Indy cars almost no more rookie class. Thank you guys. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> When's college start? Me? College. College. See, they didn't boo you the whole time there. Uh, I'm sorry. Thank you. You guys uh, were great. Awesome. Thanks again to all of our guests for making time. And I don't just mean the ones that sat down and spoke into the microphones. I mean the really, really fine and sweet folks that came and had fun sitting in this rather little MTV Unplugged-like arrangement. So I'm going to do more of those, as I mentioned, and frankly can't wait to just start putting on live shows again once i am able to hit the road and who knows who we're gonna have as guests but i have more of these i have more of the live shows to get turned around the final one of the year which was amazing uh truly be thanks to the guests thanks to the audience scott dixon joseph newgarden robert wickens sebastian bourdais Brian Herta, I might be for Tim McGrain, former head of <clears throat> the motor racing circuit. A lot of good folks turned up uh, for that, so I need to get that turned around. Uh, I've got some from IMSA. I still have one from the live show we did at Sonoma in 2018 <laughs> that I need to get posted. Uh, so yeah, uh, sorry guys, uh, I, I wish I was faster at turning these things around, but I'm not. Nonetheless, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. We have now more than 750 episodes of this little audio thing that we do. Everything, all of those, going back to episode one with Mario Andretti, can be found on MarshallPruittPodcast.com, where we also have a little highlighted subscribe page, so... If this is your first time listening or one of your first times, hopefully that subscribe page will help you get whatever you need. Stay plugged in to all that we generate. All right. I am Marshall Pruitt. This is a little podcast I named after myself. Thank you for listening. <laughs>